Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're episode number 151. Today is October 24th. My name is Craig Prowls. Joining me back in his in his seat, his home away from home, Andrew Montemay. Happy, I don't want to say first day of fall, but it kind of is for us here because today is the first day it's been like 70 and not 90 degrees, uh -huh. but it's beautiful outside. Yeah, I went outside earlier to throw away out the trash and even it's such a difference because even yesterday was hot. This morning was nice, cool, a little windy for my take, but uh... You know, that's when chapped lips start coming in, so you gotta stay on top of that. Oh, dude, I've noticed that too the past two weeks. Like, my lips are just getting destroyed. <laughs> so I do want to um, apologize. We are filming a little bit later, but in uh, response to that, it was our me and Gino just had our birthday on Wednesday. Our buddy Daniel just had his birthday on Friday, so it was just kind of a lot of nonstop drinking. I know you just had a pretty cool Halloween party at your house, so I kind of wanted to enjoy the weekend. We're you know we're back on Monday, we're back on a nine to five here, so uh, plus everything else dropped on like a Thursday and a Friday on top of these other showcases and stuff. So. Yeah, all the good stuff. So we'll dive into that, guys. So if you are checking us out on the YouTube show, guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, and hit that notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on our social media, check our link tree link that's in the description of the YouTube video, and if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check us out on whatever podcast platform you prefer, but Anchor is the home, and from there, you guys can actually help us um, grow, and you guys can help donate if you like. So, funny story, normally we don't, we used to do a segment where we talk about what we're drinking before the show, I'm like, so I thought it'd be kind of an interesting idea if we got a bottle of 151 rum to drink on episode 151. I guess I guess that text got lost in translation, so I text Andrew that and uh, would you would tell the kids what you showed up with? He texted me something about getting one fifty rum before, but I didn't read it right, and I it's because we were kind of, there was like three texts like back to back, so I kind of just like glossed over it, and then he texted me today, don't forget the rum. I'm like oh, okay, I remember, and in my head I always picture like that uh, Caribou Lou Caribou Lou song. And it's like, I, I don't know, he says whatever, 151 rum, but whatever the fuck, Malibu and pineapple. And so I just assumed that maybe that's what Malibu and pineapple was like called or something like that. So I don't know, I never really listened to that song. And I've never had 151. <laughs> I've never even seen I it. I showed you the bottle and you're like, what the fuck is this? So I showed up with a bottle of Malibu and I'm like, I hope you have something to mix this with. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've never even seen whatever it is you're showing me. I've never even seen it on a shelf. Nice. So we were supposed to have 151, but in good faith, though, we still have some rum. So uh, thanks to Gino for supporting us on our time of need. I got mine with orange juice, and you're doing yours with, like, like uh, uh, fruit punch. Fruit punch. Nice. So for, I haven't said this for a long time. If you guys are wanting to drink along with us at home, go ahead and do so now. So uh, before we dive into our main topics, we Andrew like to do... What are you up to? We take a second to talk about what we've been playing, what we've been watching, if we have anything cool going on. So since what we've both been playing is going to be our main topics, we'll kind of skip that one. And in terms of what we were watching, we both watched the same thing, and that is the new um, Hellraiser movie that came out on Hulu on October 7th, uh, rated R, which was something I thought was pretty cool, uh, runs at about two hours. The plot of this movie is... A take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites. Cenobites? Cenobites. Cenobites. So, um, we both kind of have different takes on it. I didn't think it was as cool as I thought the trailer looked. I know you really enjoyed it. So, um, do you want to say the highlights and then we'll do cons? Or do you want to do cons and then we'll talk about, uh, end on a good note? 
Uh, we'll start with the cons. Okay, first. so for me, and this I'm not speaking for Andrew, but right. for me, I thought it was a little boring to get going. I thought it it's just the pace of it was just kind of slow because once the back half of the movie hits, it's it definitely gets better. It is a slow burn. Yeah, the the puzzle box to me was just kind of ridiculous that this thing has to be comp- like always being touched and around for this whole movie to be to work because without that it doesn't and i don't like something that relies on that it's almost like a MacGuffin in this thing like it needs to be there or there is no movie i thought some of the acting was pretty bad it looked like this was a lot of these guys is like first time acting except for the the priest the pinhead she was amazing um there's one roommate who's completely obsolete except for the fact to be fodder she's only in this movie to die because other people can't they have to live in this movie so for me that's just what i i saw as a bad and i know you liked it a lot more was there any else that stood out in your mind is maybe why other people might not have loved it i i think the slow burn part would probably be the biggest thing because i remember i i i i'm perfectly fine with that because i love horror horror is my favorite but i remember thinking to him like man this movie's kind of long but i'm actually i'm enjoying it for what it is but i could definitely see as soon as you said that i'm like oh yeah as soon as you said two hours i was like oh it wasn't really two hours i'm like man i guess for a horror movie for what it was that does seem like a long time i so. cut everything off by 15 minutes because these days the credits are usually eat up about 15 minutes so it's probably about an hour 45 once you actually get it going but um, as far as what i loved about it like i said the priest looked cool and she sounded awesome so this is the new um pinhead that was played by jamie clayton i thought she looked awesome sounded amazing and i thought all the cenobites were amazing like yeah, that, was they the, were. that was the saving grace for this movie once you get in that's kind of the unfortunate part it, they don't really kick into about i would say over half the movie so right. but once they do that's obviously what your eyes are glued to but if, for me i'm like i don't want to watch 45 50 60 minutes of of nothing at least in my mind but i mean you liked it a lot more so yeah i mean i think that is really what makes it i again it is a slow burn I don't remember the original one being a slow, but again, it's not as long. But the original one and even the sequel, even some of the other ones all have that, you call it the MacGuffin, but you have this puzzle that's supposed to be difficult to solve, but you have all these fucking people solving it in the original. So it's almost like the same thing. So that's why I kind of give it the pass because the original one has that same issue of like, okay, it's supposed to be this hard configuration box, but you have all these people fucking but solving it. That was the thing it. though. Only, it wasn't hard. It seemed all she had to do was keep spinning it and the other guys weren't trying to solve it. They would just touch it and get cut. It's like, like, the, like the brother and the other. It was just like... They weren't trying to solve it. It was literally just there because she couldn't throw this fucking thing in the trash where it belongs. It's like that in the original, though, too. It's like the chick just solves it just by playing with it. Uh. And it's, it always seems like it's easy to solve. So I liked it a lot more. I think if you're a fan of if you were a fan of Hellraiser and you could take the slow burn, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's definitely going to be one of those ones that this one was good. The sequel should definitely be a lot better, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think the thing I like the most about this is the fact that her addiction is up front and there's really no kind of saving grace for her character at the end like you have all these people that obviously die and get jacked up and there's lots of like crazy cool torture and stuff in here too for as far as like how the box works and when it hits the people but at the end of the day there's no like saving grace for her like it is her fault because she's just couldn't overcome her addictions and there's no oh we're gonna have this great ending and everything's okay it's like no i've lost everything now because i fell back into my old ways and i think that's what i appreciated kind of the most about the story nice and i did put that too cool gore so it does have cool gore if that is what you guys are interested in and i gotta say shout out to those the other cenobites like cenobite the weeper the chatterer the gas the asphyx 
Um, they were all uh, the mask. They were all really cool. I like that they were able to give these guys like an identity that all that even stood out from Pinhead herself. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think they all looked great too, and the other dimension looked better than what they were doing in the real world, yeah. which is kind of hard because I like you were saying like oh it feels a little bit low budget, and it feels like mm-hmm. maybe they blew their load on all that, and I appreciate that versus maybe some of the other spots. Yeah. So um, that's what we've been watching, guys. Leave down below what you knew, and as far as what uh, we were up to, I just um, had a. Uh, my dad and my stepmom took me to uh, Rocky Point in Mexico for five days, and it was awesome, dude. I don't think we even have much time to talk about it, but I was, dude. Our place was like had had three pools. It had a bar that was in a pool that you could sit on one side or I walk up on the other. Good. I was I was drinking and eating eating pineapple out of the same cup on the beach just all day, man. I was like, God damn it, Craig, you're eating your drinks now. That is awesome. So I, it was a, it was a lot a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I had a good time, but I was racing to finish Nino Cooney, which I know some people were doubting, especially on last week's episode that I'd be able to do in time, and I did before Call of Duty and everything came out. Nice. So. And do you you want to shout out your concert today, or do you want to talk about it when you get back? I'll talk about it when I get back. Okay. Cool. So more special treats for you guys. So more trips. It's uh, that time of the year. It is that time of the year. So guys, with that down and out of the way, um, let's get into our main story, and that is that. Um, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign has dropped. So as of <coughs> October uh, 20th, if you um, pre-ordered the game... Oh, actually, I'll just read this, what it says here on just Google. It says, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's content is launching in a somewhat staggered fashion. Preloading for the campaign early access is live now across all platforms, with the campaign being playable starting October 20th at 10 a.m. So uh, it's out now because the game actually comes out on the... 28th so it is kind of cool but so andrew has been he's way further than i am um so i'll just kind of quickly give my takes on i'll let andrew kind of uh take over but first off i think it's awesome that they did this i don't know if a game i love that, has yeah. done this before i can't think and of i one. can't think of a game if it has that has been this big to get the campaign out of the way so when time comes to start playing the multiplayer that's what everyone's doing so i thought that was excellent uh again i'm only on mission seven i think think there's what 17 or 18 yeah. missions so i'm not even halfway done but i love the fact that some of these missions are just as long as some of them are in other games but there's other ones that are really quick like when you have to do the cafe it's literally just there for for scene exposition and moving the storyline but it's literally just take out some guards hijack this dude get to it and the mission's over I'm there's like, a good mixture yeah of those, i was like yeah. i really i really appreciate that i also like that if you are an achievement hunter Unlike the past ones, there's not an achievement for every level to do something special in the game. Now, you may not like that. I actually found that relaxing. I'm like, okay, there's nothing in this mission. Good, I can just play it instead of keeping my eyes open or doing a mission over and over and over again. So I really like that. And the final thing I'll say is that it's definitely a dark and graphic game. Like, I'm walking into some of these places where these bodies are just ruined. And so I'm like, this game definitely has a more hardcore um, tone. So... Uh, with that being said, Andrew, you can kind of dive in it and take your leisure, but I just wanted to say, um, what is the biggest differences that you're seeing from the original one to this one? Is it, like, is it really noticeable? And then, I don't know, how long is the game actually at its core? Like, are you beating it in, like, a, a one sitting? It's, like, the same as, like, other Call of Duties are. You could beat it in, like, five to six hours, so, like, a normal, like, mm-hmm. Call of Duty campaign. As far as compared to the original, I think the thing that I noticed the difference is, is... It's one, it's taking a lot more serious tone. And what I mean by that is it's not as over the top. There's still those over the top cinematic moments, but you don't have 
I guess spoilers for the original and the fact that it's not in this one. You don't have Captain Price launching a fucking nuke into the air and then letting it explode in the atmosphere to get rid of Russia's military force presence in America. Like, it's not as crazy as that, but it's still crazy enough and lots of really cool things. And I feel like there's a lot of different set pieces in here. So I really enjoy it. Uh, let, me, let me read this real quick because I meant to do it and then I wanted you to dive more into the story. So those of you who aren't familiar with what the campaign is, I'll read this real quickly. This comes to us from GameSpot. It says, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 story picks up three years after the events of 2019's rebooted Modern Warfare. Captain Price's iconic Task Force 141 is now fully assembled, and of course, another third of global, global terrorism has emerged. Fresh new mechanics, more flexibility in how you complete missions, and a host of callbacks to the original series make Modern Warfare 2's campaign feel satisfying despite an increase in difficulty. This rebooted version... Uh, of Task Force 141 features Price and the familiar faces of Simon Ghost Riley, Kyle Gaz Garrick, and John Soap McTavish. However, Modern Warfare 2 introduces a new ally with Colonel Alejandro Vargas of the Mexican Special Forces. While this is a different story than 2009's Modern Warfare 2, it does reintroduce General Shepard from the original campaign. Modern Warfare 2019's Kate Laswell and the PMC group known as the Shadow Company all make a return as well. Yeah, because when I was playing, I'm like, I don't remember the Mexican Special Forces no, at all. So that, do you like that they're taking more liberties like this yeah i think it keeps again that's what i'm saying it keeps it grounded with what the 2019 version is and they take some story beat elements from like the original one and keep some ideas in here again with people like ghost except for then they take ghost now and he has more of an authoritative role almost like what price is and he's featured a lot more in the story and i actually like it a lot more and i think even still they've taken it a step further because not only that you have all kinds of missions that aren't just like uh, just going guns blazing. There's missions that you could just try to stealth your way through if you wanted to. I don't know if you come across any of those, but there's like a few of them where you could just beat them without having to try to kill anyone or ideally you're trying not to be seen at all, trying to get all the way through it. And I'm like, oh man, I really appreciate this. And it's not like what, like all gillied up or any of those ones where it's something different. Oh. And I think they do create a couple iconic missions in here that I think will stand up with some of the other ones, especially what there is a sniping mission that deals with long-range sniping but it's a lot more with it's not like classic call of duty where you're aiming you shoot and the bullets there you have to he'll tell you three notches up and so you're trying to line up your notches and everything and di judge the distance of your shooting and so i really like that a lot how do you like the um is hassan the original villain in in modern warfare the the old one or is he made up for this particular campaign no in the original one i th i can't remember who it is in the first one because it's I think it's someone Russian. It's like Kamarov, I think. And then the second one is Makarov. And I, I can't remember the dude's name. Oh, Zakayev in the first one. It's Zakayev and, like, Kamarov. Mm -hmm. And those guys were kind of featured, hinted at a little bit at the end of the last one, talking about Zakayev and stuff. But then they're not really talked about in here. And I wonder if that's something they're going to do for the Spec Ops because then they even had Al-Assad, who's a pre-order bonus, Featured primarily, I thought the story was going to be about him because that's how the other game starts. It's super iconic where he comes out, shoots the guy in the head, and that's the way the game starts. And he's not really featured in here, but I know it was kind of in the co-op or the spec ops version of the last one. So, and then the other thing I want to ask you too is because I saw that there's co-op achievements. Is that is that for the campaign or is that still only multiplayer? I think that's spec ops is what it is. Okay. I think that's something like what they were doing in kind of like. I, I haven't seen anything about it, and I think that's something like they're doing with uh, Modern Warfare 3 had that, where you have two people, and it'll be play a mission, like one of them is surviving juggernauts, 
another one you're supposed to get like intel get in and get out and you can play it on different difficulties and so i actually beat that with robert baxter originally and so me and him went through and did all those on the hardest difficulty so that was actually really fun and hopefully if that's the same thing i'd really enjoy that so do you think they'll keep continuing the rebooted version of modern warfare is that because there is a three right yeah there's there's going to be and with the especially with the setup at the end because the the cut scene after the credits i'm like oh for sure okay cool like, they're just taking bits and maybe putting it in different places, and the overall story is different, but I still really like it. It's just hard to say that it would be better than the originals, because the originals are so iconic, right. because that's when Call of Duty really took yeah, off. Yeah, it was popping, yeah, because that's, I know, when I started jumping in, I think it was MW2 back in 2006 or whenever that was, but... uh. Do you think they'll do that with any of the other ones, like any of the um, the Black Ops things? I like, think they'll start remaking all of them, or is this something just kind of special with Modern Warfare because it is probably the most beloved out of all the Call of Duty series within the franchise itself? I'm surprised they even did it with Modern Warfare, so I don't know mm -hmm. if they would do that with any of the other ones, especially with how many people like nitpick about it. The only other one they really could do that with would be Black Ops. Because I, personally, I don't really know what's going on with the Black Ops story. I really only liked 1 and 2, and after that, I'm just like, ah, I just play them just to play them, but I don't give a shit about Mason or Woods or any of that stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, So, obviously, the campaign's out, guys. By the time you're watching this, um, you still have time to play it and get it preloaded on there. Is there anything else you want to talk about the, the campaign? Yeah, I had two things that I wanted to add. One, and I don't know if you've noticed it, too. The, the one, the game looks good, but those... Cutscene oh, graphics yes. are beautiful. That's some of like the best like facial animations yeah. and everything I've seen. We're like, finally it, get to that point where they're looking sharp. Yeah, so it, it looks great. But the other thing I don't, I don't know if you noticed is when you're playing each mission, and I like that they did this because historically most people play the uh, multiplayer. They don't play the campaign right. or finish the campaign. If you do missions on the campaign, it tells you what reward you get for multiplayer. So there's like a weapon blueprint or like a skin oh, that's cool. or no, something like that. that. So there's something for each mission. If you go back and look at mission select, oh. it'll tell you what each thing is. So I'm like, oh, you know what? That's really cool. And I think that's a really good idea because there are those people that are hardcore that want to have everything for the multiplayer that, ah, you know, I'll just go cruise with the campaign so I can do that. Now that's one more person that had played it versus before there was really no incentive if it wasn't for you. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So to get everything that would be in multiplayer, at some point you'd have to play at least one run-through of the campaign. Yeah, it's nothing that would hurt you not to have, but it would benefit you to have it. Like, I, I, again, because you can't really see what some of them are, but it looks like it'd be a blueprint for a gun. So instead of you having to level a gun, maybe you already have the silencer and the grip and the scope because you did this mission and beat the campaign. So that'll give you a little bit of a head start What so you're not just using junk attachments when you first start playing. I like all of that um was that everything you wanted to end yeah awesome guys so if you got a chance to check it out let us know in the comments down below because it is out right now to play and then on the 28th uh, when the game fully drops i'm sure we'll dive more and talk about the multiplayer and all of that good good stuff so. and not to get confused with warzone because that aspect of the game does not come out till november i think it's either 16th or 18th either way november either way november so guys let's move into our second main story and that is that um, Gotham Knights has finally released. It dropped on October 24th, or 21st, I'm sorry. And this is a game that was published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and is developed by WB Games Montreal. And I got to say, this game is getting uh, pretty beat up for across the board. And for a number of different reasons, mainly it's the lack of performance mode and that the game's locked at 30 frames per second. But I kind of looked at it in these four different things and I kind of wanted to discuss it with Andrew and see kind of what they missed and, and why they missed it. But 
The four things that I'm kind of saying is that there's no performance mode at all. Like I was saying, it's locked at this 30 FPS where 60 is very commonplace these days. I yes, kind of want to jump in. When yeah. I was looking at it last night because I was looking at the different versions when you pre-order it. No matter what, when you go to purchase either one, it says optimize for Xbox Series X and S. I'm like, you call this optimized? <laughs> so that plays into what you're talking about. But I was just like, I was like, yeah, because that's, that's the other thing. A lot of this stuff nobody talked about before. Like all the people that got their hands on it to test it, nobody talked about all this stuff. It wasn't until like the last minute we're realizing that this game doesn't have this performance mode. So that's the biggest one. The other one that a lot of people are coming in and saying that the storyline is a little underwhelming and kind of predictable. The third one is that it's kind of got a lackluster combat, especially if you're comparing it to the solid gameplay of the Arkham games. And then the last one is that the four-player co-op that they were showing off through all the trailers is not available at day one. So, which I didn't even know. Which, right, which we found out the hard way that is not playable. So we'll kind of dive into each of these and kind of give um, some more thoughts on them. So first, obviously, is this performance mode. Now, uh, there is the executive producer... Uh, Floor Marty let out this comment on uh, via her Discord post, and it says, uh, "Hello, everyone. I know many of you are wondering about the availability of a performance mode for Gotham Knights on consoles. Due to the types of features we have in our game, like providing a fully untethered co-op experience in our highly detailed open world, it's not as straightforward as lowering the resolution and getting a higher FPS." For this reason, our game does not have a performance quality toggle option, and will run at a at will run at 30 fps on consoles now i'm not a stickler for things like that it doesn't really bother me and in certain games it's obviously noticeable in other games i'd argue that it's probably not but i do got to say this and there's, there's this is inexcusable and for two reasons i'd point out one is that and correct me if i'm wrong or add on as you feel necessary one is you guys went out of your way to say we're dropping last gen there is no ps4 version that's holding this thing back there is no xbox one version that's holding this thing back this thing is a fully next gen console game and if you're telling me that the next my next gen console that i'm spending a lot of money on people buying 500 ps5s you're telling me that you can't figure out how to make 60 frames per second run on next gen hardware nothing being tethered to the old hardware i find that ridiculous and the other one that she she points out is she says you know due to the types of features we have in our game fully untethered co-op experience in this highly detailed map i'm like i'm like there's there's gta 5 and online can do 60 fps and i'd argue that there's a lot more going on in that game compared to what's going on in the two-player version of gotham that has a few cars a few people and you run around and bump into groups and beat the shit out of people where gta online is a fully evolving online world that's much bigger than gotham is that has airplanes helicopters constant cars zipping around so i don't get what you're saying a you dropped the last consoles b you're not as big as other games that are running 60 fps fluidly so i just don't buy it i don't either i solely blame the team especially to i it's not four player co-op but you can get a lot of players to play elden ring elden ring was 60 fps ran perfectly fine and i would argue too elden ring is a lot more beautiful of a game graphically than this game is i don't think this game looks particularly great I do like some of the design aspects, and there's some things that look nice, but I went as far back as to say, I think Arkham Knight looked better than this game, and Arkham Knight was on the fucking Xbox One. Yeah, and I mean, again, like I said, it's not a stickler for me. I bought it. I I like it, but 
I can see the valid point of anyone going, you're telling me I spent $500 on my next-gen game and this thing's stuck at 30 FPS? I'll pass on it. I, I can completely see that. My only question is they're not even hinting at when, if it's patchable. You know, we don't know if in six months from now, like, okay, the patch is out. Like, they're not even talking about it. And this is the biggest thing that's that's stopping people from playing this game. I just wish they would be like, you know what? We did our best and this is what we came up with, whatever. Instead of trying to give me some bullshit excuse. Because as far as I can tell from this game and what I've seen, you're not doing anything new or groundbreaking that anyone else already hasn't done and done better. Yeah, so I, I don't buy the whole lack of performance that because you, your game is, is doing something. Yeah, like Andrew's saying, it's not doing anything better than, than something that can do it. Like GTA, for example. Um, the other thing is the storyline. Now, I've read that this thing does kind of fall apart at the end, that it is a little predictable. I got to point out, we haven't beaten it yet. There's eight missions. I'm on, on mission four, so I'm about halfway through it. So before I dive into my part of it, how how, how do you like the story so far? Uh, I'm actually only like two hours in because I was uh, beating Call of Duty, and so we were kind of switching places so we can talk about different things more. So I really liked it so far. I think the first 10 minutes were badass. Dude, I'm reading things that people are saying that it's it's too long of an intro. I'm like, no. I'm like I argue that that's, if you don't like the performance, this is arguably, arguably the best part of the game. If Batman is going down and I don't want a short cutscene explaining why, give me a, a movie. And that's kind of what they did in the beginning. I won't spoil it. But when you watched it, I was like, dude, make it longer. Like, give me more, please. No, I definitely love that. And I totally appreciate that. Especially as being, like, a big fan of, like, Metal Gear Yakuza. <laughs> I'm used to sitting for, like, 30-minute cutscenes. And I'm like, dude, this is cool. This is more what I want out of some of these, like, superhero games. And not be afraid to, like, tell this story with a long cutscene. And if you don't like it, I guess skip it. Then it's not for you. Like, I don't understand. Like, would you rather just sit, start and be like, Batman is dead. And, like, yeah. a fucking... Here's some gameplay. In black and, <laughs> black and white and do, like, a little flashback and then start the game. Like, what is the point of playing the game if you're not trying to get involved in the story and every aspect that they're trying to show you? And what better way to show you than a, a an amazing cutscene? Yeah. And I'd say a lot of people are saying the Court of Owls aren't living up to as cool as we thought they would be, or at least they've been done in comics and things like that. So I'm not, I can't speak to that. But as far as what I can speak to is... Um, so far, I've gotten to the point where I've done Harley Quinn's missions. I've done Mr. I, we finished me and Gino finished Mr. Freeze's missions. We're just now starting Clayface. I'm liking all these little side stories. So for me, I I mean, unless the main story completely turns to shit, which is possible for me as of right now, the storyline is is very entertaining. I like seeing the villains. The whole point of Batman and guys like Spider Man is they have a cool rogues gallery. A lot of people are saying they're trying to shoehorn too many villains. I'm like, what, what do you like? I don't get. Why would you want any less than all of Batman's villains in this power vacuum now that he's gone? It would only make sense that this would be the version that you see the most people coming, right. into, coming into context. And you, obviously Penguin's one of the guys you meet early on. So storyline so far, I think it's fine. I, it's Especially that opening. And I think that's the big thing, too, is I really haven't ran into, like, too many villains, so I can't really say too much. But, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. So I was even telling Gino, I was like, I'd be hard-pressed. I, I wonder if people are docking it more for the performance or other things than the story because i i would argue by default if you take batman spider-man x-men you know these big popular people and you make any sort of game movie whatever about them you're automatically at a five out of ten just based off the characters and the rich lore that they already have built in with all these villains so i don't get how you could jumble it that bad when all you really have to do is build upon it and even if you don't make it better, just kind of flesh it out more. And still, I would appreciate that. I don't think you have to 
take Clayface and give him this intricate background or whatever. You know, the comics and everything, every other piece of media I've seen before that has done that for you. Just give me more of him in either a better capacity or the same capacity. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. Um, as far as the other one, the lackluster combat, I, I would say sure, it's 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 lackluster. If you're just hitting the X button and dodging, I mean, obviously it's not as good as Arkham. I don't want that's not a real comparison. Arkham does have a much more fluid, heavy feeling combat system. But if you're just hitting X and button mashing and hitting B, then yeah, the combat's gonna get boring and it's going to be um, stale. So I just wanted to point out. I mean, well, before I get into my tips of of how to increase it, I know you had an issue with the combat. I know you definitely don't think it's as good as Arkham. I yeah, I definitely to me like it just feels like. It's, like, clunky. I'm not mad at it yet. I Again, I haven't fought too many people, so I still need to give it more time. It just, yeah, that is the thing. I don't need it to maybe feel as heavy. I do feel like, especially because I'm playing as Batgirl, I feel like she's, like, beefy enough when I'm hitting people. Like, she's not a slobber knocker. I couldn't speak the same as to, like, Red Hood. You know, right. that might feel different. And that would be a valid complaint for him because he's huge. So my thing, again, is her movement is fluid. I just feel like the fighting isn't especially when compared to the last one going from person to person is fine but i feel like sometimes just like missing or even sometimes the movement i feel like i'm just getting like stuck on things that i shouldn't be getting stuck on and i'm just like ah that just takes me out of it especially when i'm in a combo i'm getting stuck on like a like a little fire like, hydrant or something like stupid. a fire <laughs> fucking fire hydrant or something that's right there i'm like oh my god this is so annoying so i will say this if you guys are having issues with your combat do these simple tips one do the training and learn how to get your momentum up faster. The faster you can get your momentum up, the next the next part you can start digging into your moves because that's the other thing you need to do is make sure you're using your special moves. Eventually, there's eight different moves that you can do per person. Like right now, as I'm progressing, my Robin, because I'm playing Robin, he got his robots that now I'm using in the beginning of combat to slow everybody down. He's got a warp now that he can bring people to him so he can keep doing silent takedowns. He's got this bow staff twirl that breaks big people's uh defenses and he does another one where he leaves a decoy behind so it's like if you're not using your special moves like you want to make sure you're you're utilizing all of that stuff the other thing is, is if, if you're getting bored the cool thing is is once you go back to the belfry you can switch between any of the characters and the xp rolls over so if you go to play red hood He'll be at level four, and then you can plug in all of his AP. So if you're getting bored with one character, do two missions, and I would say switch to switch to the other person because, like I said, they all get these eight moves, which technically is 32 different things you can do. The hiccup is you do have to grind to unlock them. Like it'll be like do certain things with this character to unlock that ability. So that can be a little grindy, I guess. But there's enough in there where I don't see the pro outside of the the like the mechanics and the physics of it maybe missing or something the combat to me has been fun especially playing two player like when me and Gino or me and Danny were playing like the t the the team combos are fun going in there we're going okay you go left I'll go right let's take this guy down now let's beat these guys ass so i don't know there's ways to make the combat still if you're just hitting x and b then that's on you yeah, I can agree with that, too, because, I mean, if you just did that in the original Batman game, too, you get your ass kicked, especially right. with the different variety of enemies. I do want to know, as far as gameplay goes, I do like the idea of how they did the achievements that, like you were saying, there are these different characters you can play that they didn't go out of their way to make it a grind fest. Fully max out Red Hood. Fully max out this character. It's like, no, fully max out one character. The only achievement they have is at least play as the character each time, one time. I'm like, dude, nice. I hate when you get so many games where there's a cast of people and it's like, Beat the game with each person. Max yeah. out the level of each person. Defeat a hundred hobos as each person. It's like, ah, dude. Now you're just 
artificially creating like lengths for your yeah. game. And that's a, here's a quick a quick side note. Go to the Belfry, switch to each of those characters for two seconds, switch back, achievement pops. Yeah, done. That's all you got to do. So, and the final thing um, that they... We they, should upload that as our achievement guide. Just clip that. <laughs> <laughs> here's a quick way to get the achievement. 30 points, guys, right, right there. The final thing I would say, unless there's anything else you want to say about the combat. No. Okay, the final thing is this, there's no four-player mode, which for me, I mean, I could see that being a huge deal breaker because two is cool, but why the fuck is four not available day and date? So they had this tweet come out this, from Gotham. For Rides. how close it is. Right. It says, Gotham has thrown down a new gauntlet, Heroic Assault, the free, the free four-player co-op experience is coming to Gotham Knights November 9th, 2022. Why the hell did you not just release this game on November 29th then? Like, right. doing this game in October, uh, in Halloween, didn't do it any favors in terms of sales. So why would you just not Especially wait? with Call of Duty releasing Exactly. Right? Why not just wait one more month and then launch it with four-player co-op? I don't know why you would do that. Uh, maybe they want to get ahead of God of War. Uh, maybe, but if you're already coming out with this many problems, that would have been a saving grace. It wouldn't right. have, would have been another issue. So... Um, I don't know. I would say overall, if you if this game was something you're interested in, I would say wait till at least the four-player co-op comes out. Wait another month minimum, and then at the maximum, maybe wait until this game's twenty dollars cheaper. Because the other thing is, I don't know if this game's really worth seventy bucks. Andrew and I um, share games, so it's perfect at thirty-five. Right. So if you could find this game at forty bucks, I'd say jump on it. I don't know with all these kind of issues if it's seventy dollars is the right price point to be asking. I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. I'm always playing it with two players. I'm not playing it by myself. So I've been having a good time playing with it. I've liked my experience with it. But there's definitely things that I could just see why people would be completely turned off from this game. And that sucks because not only did the trailer look cool, I think there is something there. But to but to just not have 60 frames per second, to not launch with four-player co-op, it's just like, why would you do that to yourself? Like, there's just no point. No one's gonna no one's gonna talk good about that. I could deal with the 30 FPS, you know, that's fine. I think maybe now I'm just spoiled too, because my biggest gripe that I have out of this, and it was the first thing I complained about to Craig, and I complained about I think to Gino too, is the fucking loading screens, man. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand the loading screens. One, because it's like every time you go into a building, whereas I don't remember that being in like Ark either either Arkham games, Arkham City or Night having to load every time you go into something but two not only does it load other times it like does the stupid like cut to black and then fade out to black when you come back in but the more annoying thing is is when there's a loading screen any loading screen on any game i'm on my phone because i'm not paying attention it doesn't matter it's got to load this game you have to push a to fucking continue and so that i'll be annoying. sitting here like just in my peripheral vision i could see that it's like loading it doesn't give you any hint that it's done. It'll just say push A at the end. There's times where I'm sitting there like just reading the stuff and I'm like, dude, is this game to load? And it says A at the bottom, push A to go. And I'm like, why is that a thing? Why are you just not taking me to the next thing? If I want to read these tips, I'll read them somewhere else. I'm reading them here now because I'm stuck here, but now you're pissing me off because <laughs> at no point, it doesn't give you any sort of hint that it's done except for it says push A in the bottom right. And I'm like, dude. Yeah, you are not respecting my time. I will say this too. There are two things that I thought were going to be an issue that I actually like is the traveling one with the the um the zip lines like the uh the bat hooks it's not spider-man by any means but it's a lot more satisfying than i thought it was going to be especially with how far you can actually hit some of those some of those grabs and then you can hit the a to jump so you can move pretty quick the other thing was the bat cycle i thought the driving in this game was going to be kind of dumb it's a pretty quick bike it's got you can hit a you can pop that willy you can hop over cars so I do like the two things that I thought I was going to not like the most. So, um, I don't know. I, I, had, I had fun with them. 
the zip line's fine. I just miss Batman's flying though because the flying around just felt so good and so quick, especially when you do the boost and get yourself up in the air yeah. and then just like take off. I'm like, man, that just feels so good. Yeah, because everyone else has a special mode of transportation. Like Nightwing has the little. Fortnite I haven't thing. unlocked it yet. So mine's uh, Robin's is unless I'm doing it wrong. I just I don't like it. Like he, it's a thing where you're supposed to warp, but every time I do it, he goes like like ten feet. I'm like, I'd rather just use the zip line instead of that. The other thing too is that. It's a little grindy because you have to go to every place to unlock one, but there is fast travel in this game. So once you get to a certain spot with Lucius Fox, he'll tell you how to get it. And then once you have them all done, you can warp to every section of the map via the fast travel, which is always a good thing to have at least a version of a fast travel that's that's functional. So I'll tell you right now, if you're not a Batman fan, this game's not for you right away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if you like the Batman IP and again, like you were saying with the price, if you feel like you really got to get in there, then I mean, so far, I'm not having a terrible time and I've been playing by myself. Yeah. I'm just complaining. Yeah, this game might be better for a lot of people in a year from now when it's twenty nine ninety nine. Everything's hopefully FPS is patched, the multiplayer is out. Then, I w- then it's probably going to be a game you could pick up with a few friends and have some fun. But yeah, it's just hard to not knock it when there's so many other games doing more and better. Yeah. So uh, leave you guys' comments down below if you've been playing Gotham Knights. Let us know how you feel if the game's for you or if it's not. So uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into questions of. The week. Now, if you guys want to submit a question that Andrew and I can answer on the show, you can do so a couple of ways. One is leaving it in the YouTube comment section of each video. We'll grab them there. The other one is you can email us at lastcallproductions@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And the last way is if you guys want to at me at Craig Prowlis on social media, um, I can get them that way and I can add them to the show for you guys. So the first question comes from uh, Brian G. And they write, uh, that new Silent Hill trailer looks amazing. I'm so glad that it is finally coming back. I've been waiting for this for a long while. Did you guys get a chance to check it out? So yeah, I did want to point out Silent Hill is one of those things that have been kind of dormant for a long time. Silent Hill is a horror anthology media franchise centered on a series of survival horror games created by Kichiro Toyama and published by Konami. So yeah, these games, man, there's so there's one two, three, four, Origins, Homecoming, Shattered Memories, and Downpour that are part of the official one. The new one, Silent Hill F, is the one that's going to be coming out. So, well, I don't know. Not just F, the two remake also. Yeah, yeah. I, and they have another one too I was looking at that's showing in 2023. Silent Hill Ascension. Oh, I think that, the, one, that one's more like a... I don't know if you saw the thing. That one's like a... Like, multiple people are, like, picking what's happening. It's supposed to be, like, a... I think, like, a group thing oh, or something. Oh, okay, interesting. And then another one that says uh, to be announced is Silent Hill townfall so i gotta say i'm I'm glad i'm with you i'm glad that silent hill is back because as a kid horror resident evil was number one but surely silent hill for a lot of people was at least one or two so um i'm glad it's back andrew you saw the trailer i mean do you like the whole new setting that it's now in like 1960 japan i like the idea for that one for f i think that one kind of like snuck in there and i'm actually more excited for that than i am for two because i've actually never played silent hill and i know two is like that pivotal game and uh i know they finally announced like you know bloober team is doing uh the silent hill 2 remake the trailer for it looked good but again it's kind of what i was expecting i think what would have been far better for them would to have been to show some gameplay even just a minute of gameplay versus just all trailers so that way you kind of give people you know faith in what you're building so all in all i'm excited yeah that it's coming back in a big way i think i'm more excited too i don't know if you saw on there 
Return to Silent Hill. They're the dude who made the first Silent Hill movie that I actually enjoy. I, I don't remember know if liking, you seen that that's one. one with the pyramid head. And he's got the big ass sword, and he's like, he looked pretty cool. I yeah, that. I remember that one being good. He's coming back to make another movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, super dope. I'd be into that. I actually really like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Silent Hill. It's been long overdue. I think the last game was like in the early 2000s or late 2000s, like 10 era. So it's cool that these, this is finally back. Um, I was say I think more importantly, it's nice to see Konami doing something and hope. Hopefully this is hope that if this does well or however this is going, especially because I have multiple projects going, that maybe we'll get something from Metal Gear or Castlevania, you know, something else from this beloved IP. I would like all of that. So uh, thank you for the question. The next one comes from uh, Trevor and they write, uh, did you guys catch the Resident Evil showcase? It was a little long for my liking, but Res 4 looks awesome. Yeah, it, that just dropped. I think it was around an hour. You probably could have put did this thing in like 30 minutes, but... A quick recap of what they were kind of showing off was uh, a new trailer for the Winter's Expansion. Uh, that was being shown. We actually get to play um, Ethan's daughter, Rose. That looked really kind of cool to get that kind of closure for that storyline. Yeah, because they did say this is the end of the Winter's Family. So after that, they're not doing anything else with them. Yeah, so they also showed the multiplayer shooter Resident Evil Reverse is still coming out later this month, showing off some new characters. The fact that Resident Evil Village is going to Mac and the other games are coming to Nintendo Switch's cloud versions, but obviously the icing on the cake is when they showed off the new gameplay of Resident Evil 4 Remake. So overall, it was a cool little showcase. Yeah, it was a little long, but man, after, because I'm just now getting back into the remakes of Resident Evil 2, which I'll be done with hopefully by the time we do next week. I'll do 3, hopefully just in time for 4, which I think comes out is it next, early next year, like in March or something? Yeah, it's March. March 24th. So I don't know, what do you think about the showcase? Man, it was beautiful. That... I, I mean, I, I like the other games and everything that it showed, but I was really only watching 4-4 because I've already beaten 8. I don't know if I'm going to do the... I'll probably do the winner's thing at some point, but not right away. Reverse, I'm not excited for because that should have been out a fucking year ago when I got the game. When it told you if you get Village, <laughs> it comes with the fucking... So I was more excited for 4, and that's the thing. I know a lot of people were really worried about it, especially you have all these people crying about cut content with this and that, and I'm like, if a game could use some trimming, it would be this one, but... They changed it enough to where it felt fresh. Like, even going into the intro, I'm like, man, the intro is different. This is different. I'm going into the place. And when he goes into the first house, I'm like, man, this is completely different than how the OG one played out. A little, like, it's familiar, but different enough to where I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, for sure you can tell what they're doing with the rest of this game and how it's going to go. Especially, too, once you run into the first guy, I think they made the enemies seem a lot scarier. The gameplay changes that they made are great, but they've also kept, like, the heart of the game because even at one point, uh, Leon, like, I, I don't remember if he shoots someone or he breaks something. He's like, oh, bill me for the damages. I'm like, good. I'm glad that even though they're taking it more serious and line another series that has remade games and now is going in a more serious route that I love is still keeping that lightheartedness for what some of the aspect of Leon's character is in this. But that new Ashley is Bay. <laughs> the other thing I like too, who, who's kind of like hosting it, is I like that the Duke was kind of a big part of the, Oh, yeah. Of He's kind of talking to you the whole time. Well, so, you're a glutton, aren't you? Yeah, Resident yeah. Evil is just on it's just awesome uphill trajectory from what they've been. So with the remakes and then, you know, and then, and then revamping 7 and 8 to be this new style of gameplay. So um, good job for them. And yeah, I definitely can't wait to play both of those, which I'm sure we'll be getting because I know oh, for a sure. huge Res fan. So, uh, thank you for the question. The final question, guys, comes from Divine Anchor, and they write, 
Uh, glad you guys got to have a good trip. Yeah, that was the Eagles uh, Cardinals game from the other week. Was wondering if either of you got around to finishing Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Just wanted to hear some final opinions and maybe thoughts on the show moving forward if they decide to. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you start us off? I know you you loved it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a masterpiece. I put it in my top five animes of all time. I love it that much. I got my chiropractor to watch it because he was really big into anime. Cool. And uh, he said he loved it. He thought it was absolutely great, and he was kind of sad the way the story ended. Um, I know that they came out. Do you want to do spoilers at all or no? I'd rather not. Okay, okay. I just, we'll just, the only spoiler you get is it's a bittersweet ending. <laughs> but um, they uh, came out and said that they're not working on a season mm-hmm. two, and if they were to further the story at all, I don't want to see anything more from the characters in the story. The way it ended is perfect. I would like to see maybe if um, David was the street side of life, I'd like to see the Nomad as another yeah. season, a family that lives as a Nomad or a character as a Nomad, and then someone who's deep in the corpo world and actually is pro-corpo and believes in that lifestyle because they're on the better end of Night City. I think that would be cool. Or if you're trying to include these characters... I think a prequel would work because all the characters that they show off in this gang are far superior. I, I loved every one of them. That I'm like, oh man, I would really like to see more of their backstory. So I think that would be the only thing that would work. So I'm ready for more. I just don't want to see a continuation of any of those people though. Yeah, I'm with you. As far as the continuation goes, if they made a trilogy in that vein of like, here's from this perspective, here's from this perspective. and Different and, lifestyles. And maybe yeah. at some point... The timeline crossed, so like in the next part, that, that would be fine. You're doing the Nomad somewhere in the background. You're seeing David, so you knew this was happening while they were doing it. That would be really cool. But um, yeah, this show, if you guys haven't watched it, it is on Netflix. It came out um in the, September 13th. It's it's awesome. It's unanimously getting great reviews. It's 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, nine out of ten on IGN. A hundred. Think about that. This show is a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There's only a handful of things that have ever done that. So, and it's cool to hear word of mouth is keeping this thing alive. Now, it's not for everybody. I'm not going to say that you need to watch it, but if you're either a fan of cyberpunk or if you like good anime, that this is something you should definitely check out. And I did want to point out too that uh. Because our buddy Corey um, watched it, and he watched it all in in Japanese, and I usually will do that too with subtitles. No, but I watched the dub. But when I, as soon as I heard uh, Giancarlo Esposito was in there playing um, Faraday, and then Matt Mercer was playing um, Falco, those are voices I want to hear. So I actually watched it in English. But uh, and even the chick that played Rebecca, I'm not. She's sure my her favorite. Voice. Her, she was. Awesome, and I haven't heard the Japanese one, so maybe they're they're just as good, maybe better. Hers but, is just as good. Yeah, yeah, but once I once I heard, did you watch it in Japanese and English? I watched a couple comparisons after I watched the show in English, just to see if maybe I missed out. And I think English is the better way to go. Rebecca's is the only one that was kind of close for me, but because that's my favorite character yeah, she was out awesome. of it. Yeah, that her her voice acting is amazing. She had like a Harley Quinn kind of vibe to her. I really I really dug the way they were able to kind of get her expression. But yeah, when you start hearing Giancarlo Esposito speak, I'm just like, okay. I now I gotta I gotta finish it like this. So yeah, if you guys have not seen it, I would say check it out. There's I can't really I have a couple issues with how certain people are things happen in it. I won't dive into that again. No spoilers, but it ended it ended a great way. It was a cool it was a cool concept, cool show. It was an interesting way to look at Night City if you played the game to see it kind of told in this new kind of medium. So overall, man, I I, I thought it was. Excellent. And Netflix, again, is showing me that their anime division 
is doing great things. So I'm looking forward to whatever the next thing is that they do. So I was going to say, I think whoever wrote this story, hopefully maybe they get them to maybe do a part of the next Cyberpunk or maybe a DLC chunk or something like that. Because I think they... And maybe it's just because it is a shorter medium than the longer version of Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk did go in and update it and included a ton of stuff from the show afterwards. But this, I think, did a better job of kind of explaining, like, what cyberpsychosis is yeah. and, like, what and, like, the effects it really kind of has versus when I played the game, I understood what it was, but I didn't really kind of feel it or think about it as much as I did as when I watched the show. Yeah, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, it's, it's a very interesting perspective and in that it was told superbly. So... Um, if you guys have watched it, leave your comments down below of how you thought about it. So, but guys, that is the end of episode 151. Join us next time for episode 152. My name is Craig Perales. This is Manja Montemarin. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Stay chilly out there. Uh, I was so, like, telling you that, that there was a... I think Robert Meyer Burnett was saying it. The first two, I think, were actually written as Hellraiser movies, but the yeah. ones after that were were written as other horror movies that they reskinned as Hellraiser movies, and that's why a lot of people are like they suck because they're not actually based on anything, but whatever somebody else wrote reskinned. Yeah, they talk about it in. Um, remember that show I told you about the YouTube channel uh, Dead Meat, and he takes like scary movies and then he. Doesn't he'll kind of give his opinion and a review on it, but he pretty much gives you a play by play of the movie and then does like a kill count. Then oh yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. And so I I went and rewatched the Hellraiser ones last night. I watched one <clears throat> and twos, and uh, two I had this thing in it that was like really funny. Like they make this new Cenobite, the Doctor, and I don't remember him doing this weird yell, but he pointed it out. He's like his vibrato yell, and like when he's yelling, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just like a vibrating out, and he does it like a few times in it, and it's so fucking funny that.